Welcome to the One Life Podcast. Being a business owner is potentially the best path to build personal wealth. However, embarking on an opportunity, whether full-time or as a side hustle, is incredibly tough. I believe that understanding finances is integral to the success of your business. The purpose of this podcast is to empower you to understand, manage and grow your business finances and therefore your personal wealth. I invite you to join me every Friday as I share insights and actionable strategies to make your business serve you rather than you serve your business. I'm your host, Andrew Wilson. Well, welcome to episode 19 of the One Life Business Podcast. I hope you're well and you're looking after yourself. My name's Andrew Wilson and I'm an accountant by trade and this podcast is about financial empowerment, your financial empowerment, specifically through your business. And as someone that's running a business, the more successful your business, the better your ability to be able to draw money from the business and therefore propel you along that journey to your own personal financial independence. This podcast is in association with the Always Free Show and the Always Free Podcast presented by Jason Greystone. If you haven't listened to either of those things, I highly suggest you do so. So this week, I'd like to talk to you about my son. Now my son, his name's Elliot, he's 10 years old and in old money, he's a couple of years away from secondary school and in new money, he's year five apparently. And Elliot, as did every other child in this country, went through a pretty horrendous time during COVID where he was isolated with his family and his sister, which on its own isn't a bad thing to to happen. But for an extended period of time, for a lad that loves, loves his friends, it was quite a tough period for Elliot. Over that time, he received birthday presents and Christmas presents. And he'd requested money from family because he was quite excited about the fact that when he was allowed out of home and out of isolation, he'd be able to go and buy some stuff. And so he requested money. And he, he'd accumulated about £140, which is quite a lot of money, but that tells you how long we were in isolation for, as you guys know. The reason I'm telling you this is because a few weeks after returning to school, Elliot approached me on a weekend with a piece of paper and a pen And he'd made a big list of items that he wanted to sell. And this was the first time I'd heard Elliot talk about anything quite like this. And so I was intrigued. So I sat down with him and said, "Okay, well, look, show me the list. And on the list, he had 10 or 12 different things. A number of them stood out. There were some mainly because I didn't really understand what any of them were. They were mochi squishies. There was something called poppets simple dimples and then there were normal squishies and there were a whole host of other things but what he'd done is he'd identified the prices for each of them so I remember looking at it and and the mochi squishies were about 20 pence the normal squishies were 50p or a pound the simple dimples which apparently are plastic items which you pop in and pop out to de-stress which I thought was quite interesting in this time and they were about £2.50 and then the most expensive were poppets and they were £5. Elliot proceeded to explain to me that between himself and a friend at school they had about £250. He was planning or they were planning to buy lots of these items all of them 
and double their money. Then they were going to buy all of the items again and double their money, and then they were going to do it one more time, and then they'd have £2,000, so £1,000 each, which I thought was really interesting. I explained to Elliot that actually what you've got there is a bit of a business, and I said, but the problem is that you're going to spend all of your money and you're not entirely sure if all of those items are going to be bought. And I said to him, okay, well, look, let's talk about risk, let's talk about reward. And we had a little discussion about the fact that the best place to start would be to ask people at school what they wanted. And interestingly, he came back to me instantly with, I've already done that. These are all the things that people want. And I explained to him, start small with with one or two of the smaller items, spend a little bit of money, ideally double your money if you can, and then you can buy more. And what I explained to him was leverage. And what I explained to him was he would have his original money back and then he could spend the extra money on buying more. And so I kind of forgot about it. And I thought nothing more of it. At the time, I just thought, let's see where he goes with this, if he if it goes anywhere. About two weeks later, he comes home from school and tells me that he's managed to sell some of the items he'd bought. I didn't even know he'd bought any items. So he'd spoken to my wife. They had gone onto Amazon and he had sourced the cheapest best deal that he could and he'd bought 20 of these squishies for eight pounds so that works out at 40 pence each and he'd got free delivery so as i say 40 pence each my wife who knew about the conversation that we'd had previously went along with this and she paid and elliot paid her back the beauty of this is he took them into school spoke to people before school, spoke to people at lunchtime, and he sold eight of the 20 squishies, but he sold them for a pound. He came home with eight pounds on the first day, and it was perfect because when he explained it to me, he came home with eight pounds, and I said to him, well, what you've done is you've sold eight of them for eight pounds, you've got all of your money that you originally invested, and you've still got another 12 So what's your thoughts with the other 12? And what I particularly liked about this was that he then told me five people in school were bringing in the money tomorrow and the rest he would also try to sell. He went into school. I spoke to my wife about it separately and said, listen, we may have a bit of a problem because undoubtedly he shouldn't be selling at school. But I do not want to dissuade him from doing this because it's actually he's learning some really valid lessons. On day two, I had a call from my wife and my son telling me that he had sold all of the remaining 12, which I was astounded by and congratulated him. And then the only issue was he'd then been collared by the teacher. Elliot had been taken aside by the teacher during class and had been told that what he had done was illegal. As a parent, this is quite a difficult thing to hear because on one hand, I know that encouraging my son to sell anything at school, it's not really the done thing, of course. 
you know, there's an argument here which says he wasn't selling sweets, he wasn't selling chocolate, he wasn't selling sugary drinks, he wasn't selling drugs, he wasn't selling anything, uh, cigarettes, he wasn't doing anything like that. He was selling tiny little squishies for a pound. It really wasn't going to hurt anyone. However, I completely appreciate that a school is not a place to sell things, although we all know, bottom line, we all know that this happens at secondary school. People do it all day long. Uh, just not with squishies, I guess. Now, the problem I have with this is that when I spoke to Elliot about it, the teacher, and again, I really want to make this clear before I start, any teachers listening to this or anyone that has been in a position of teaching children will know that fundamentally this is incorrect. He shouldn't have done that on school grounds. I get it, okay? And I'm not, and I'm not in any way trying to present to you that that was compl- that was a good thing to be doing. However, I have two problems. The first one was Elliot was told he was told to stand up in class, and he was told that what he had done was illegal. Now, illegal is a very strong word to use with anyone, let alone a ten-year-old child. So that's my first problem. The second problem is that he was put on the naughty step. You know, that didn't sit very well with me because clearly I was the one that had encouraged him to be entrepreneurial. But when I spoke to Elliot, I explained to him that obviously it's not the place to be done. Both his mother and I knew that this wouldn't be something he would get away with. I also explained to him that I didn't want to dissuade him from being entrepreneurial and I wanted him to learn some lessons. The third and final problem I have is that we received an email from his teacher. Now, I won't read the entire email, but it starts with, just thought I'd let you know there was a little incident this morning at school. It would seem that Elliot's entrepreneurial skills are shining through as he was selling squishies to some of his friends in the playground this morning. Unfortunately, this is not really appropriate. Now, it goes on, you know, the teacher who, again, is absolutely correct. This this isn't appropriate at school. It does distract the children. He shouldn't be bringing in toys to school, and he certainly shouldn't be selling it. I get all of that. However, at no point was Elliot told by anyone in a position of authority at the school that actually it was entrepreneurial. And this is the point of this podcast, because what he did was he showed entrepreneurial skills. The teacher is absolutely correct. But to equally tell a 10-year-old that that's illegal and not say, you know what, can't be done at school, it's just the wrong place, which is, that was my narrative with Elliot, that was the way I explained it to him. She didn't do that, and the school didn't do that. And my problem with this is, how are children supposed to learn about business? How are they supposed to learn that being out in the big world isn't nice. Schools are very good at teaching students to study and teaching students about maths and English and history and geography. I get all of that. I completely appreciate that. What a school is not good at is preparing them for a life in business and a life trying to make a living themselves. For instance, to try and obtain their financial independence. As I've said before, working for other people, you are limited you're always limited. There are obviously exceptions to that. I completely appreciate it. But 
for him to show entrepreneurial skill such as this and make those decisions and understand that supply and demand is the important factor here. You know, I just want to go over what he did. He identified what people wanted. And the reason he would identify well with that is because it's what he wanted. He knew he had money. He knew he could buy it and he knew he could sell it at a profit. And he understood that the more he sold, the more profit he would make. He also made over a hundred percent profit on those items, sold them for a pound, bought them for 40 pence. That's a pretty damn good return. Now, I'm not saying he would have done that numerous times. All I'm saying is I think this is a very clever little lesson that he's learned. I think schools and I think education in today's society is limited. You know, I'm, I stayed in full-time education till the end of university, and then I studied on to become an accountant. And that serves its purpose in many ways. But does it get you ready for business? Does it get you ready for the big wide world that's out there and the competition that you're going to face on a daily basis? This is the message this week. There's always going to be dissenters to whatever you do, no matter what age you are, and what you do, there will always be people opposed to you doing it. And ultimately, you have to make the decision. So what I've said to Elliot is, I have completely framed this as being a positive. And I went and spoke to the teacher, and I explained exactly this. We have to give him the same message, which is this isn't the correct place to do it. However, you did show entrepreneurial skills. It is a clever thing to do. Your maths were solid, and you made money. Although not in the right place, you did do. It will serve you well for the future. And that's what I've told my son. Now, many of you listening to this may think it's right, may think it's wrong. Bottom line, I'm proud of him. Although I feel completely responsible for leading him down that road, I actually think it's a really valuable lesson for him, for him to learn. I just wanted to go over that today because I am concerned about the education that our children are getting I hope you got something from that, guys. And I hope if you're if you're talking to your children about business and the future and how you're going to generate money, it isn't just about working for other people. There, there must be conversations about running your own business and how to run your own business and what skills you need to do so. So this is the point of this entire podcast. And I wanted to leave you with that. And also, I'm away with my family this week, so I'm thinking a lot about, about my kids um, and I'm spending a lot of time with them, which is obviously living an inspired life. Okay, I will catch you next week. Take care. Bye.